Who will be the next Kyron Williams? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Check out her work at Behind the Steel Curtain, Yahoo, and Pro Football Focus. And, of course, it's a Wednesday, so that means that Matt Williamson joining the show. Follow him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. We've got a big show lined up for you guys today. We are answering your Twitter questions. And we're going to start with this really good one from Tyler. He wants to know, who is the next Kyron Williams running back that didn't do maybe much as a rookie or a young player that turns into a dynasty superstar? Matt, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. So I think there's three low-hanging fruit candidates, and then there's one you have to squint a little. So I, I apologize if I'm stealing your guys' you know, running backs, but they're all young. They've all been a little bit buried. They've flashed. Kendra Miller's the one you got to squint a little bit. You know, I mean, I think Kamara's not long for this world. Jamal Williams doesn't worry me. Could they draft another running back? Probably not. They have so many other needs. And then the three that just jump off the page to me are Spears in Tennessee, mm-hmm. Brown with the Bengals, because I don't know if Mixon will be back, and Zamir White with the Raiders. I love, love, love those picks. And uh, right out of the gate, so my guy coming out of this conversation here was Chase Brown of the Cincinnati mm. Bengals. So, Matt, we're right on on target here. And obviously, we didn't get to see a ton of Chase Brown. Like, you know, A, was, was injured for a portion of the year, missed some games. But obviously, he's playing behind Joe Mixon, who is paid a large, handsome sum of money. Uh, They kind of got hot towards the end of the year. They were almost in playoff contention. So I think they were, you know, trying to get the ball to these established veterans, you know, especially given the the quarterback situation. But Chase Brown, man, I thought watching him just looked so explosive. So had a lot of burst, had a lot of, of usage in the receiving game, which you also love to see. And that obviously translates from, some of the way that they want to utilize Joe Mixon, they can save some money moving on from Joe Mixon this year. And obviously there's the change in offensive coordinator. Uh, Offensive coordinator just got hired as the head coach of the Titans. So we're going to see a little bit of a new, a new regime here for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm wondering how much that might favor Chase Brown, um, who, you know, I I think as a, uh, you know, a rookie this year, I, I think, pleasantly surprised especially in a backup role yeah I want to talk about Chase Brown but I want to kind of ask Matt a question but when I was watching the Bengals this year like especially early in the year I just kept thinking man this offense looks so freaking slow right you've got Tyler Board out of the slot who was never fast T Higgins is not a burner and then Jamar Chase was banged up and Joe Mixon even coming out of Oklahoma was like a four five five guy so when you saw Chase Brown 
playing. It's just like, this is what this offense has needed forever. They need this infusion of speed. My only concern with Brown is, do you think that the Bengals will lean into him being like a workhorse guy? Or do you think they're going to kind of stick him in a, like a Jalen Warren type of role where, hey, we really like you, but we don't like you enough to give you 22 touches every single week? Who's to say? But uh, a couple things I want to touch on is, you know, you mentioned the, the, the speed of the Bengals offense, especially with a slowed chase, Higgins, Burrow, the best guys. But they don't have a tight end that stretches a field either. Nope. I mean, they, they were slow plotting type of team. Now, one thing that Ryan and I used to talk about a lot late in the season is a lot of these running backs that haven't done hardly anything all year will burst on the scene around Thanksgiving or December. And they look faster than everybody else because they haven't been touched all year. You know, they have no wear and tear on their body. They're chomping at the bit to get out there. So maybe Spears, Zamir White, Chase Brown fit that mold. But when you do that, you earn touches. And I know it's been a while, but Kate mentioned that the coaching change in Cincinnati, losing the coordinator. Well, the, the coaching staff there came from the McVay system, you know, like, I'm not saying Kyron Williams and Chase Brown are a one-for-one match, but deep down, do they want to pay an older guy like Mixon? Or are they very comfortable just saying, Brown looks good enough for me, take it over just like Williams did. We'll spend our money to try to keep Higgins or replace the right tackle or find a third guy if Boyd moves on. They they have a lot of needs. I don't know that they can afford to spend much on other running backs. And I think Mixon will be gone. Looking at just, you know, Chase Brown as a as a prospect, right? So obviously it is kind of hard to weed out some of these guys that are either just like, are they fresh or are they really good mm-hmm. athletes? And right, I do right. think Chase Brown, he is one of those really good athletes that I think can sustain a little bit more of that volume, ran a 4-4-3, 40-yard dash. Um, 40-inch vertical jump, that's 94th percentile, 92nd percentile broad jump. Um, He's explosive. He's got big hands, too, which I I love Mm -hmm. for running backs in the receiving game. Um, I I think he just – he fits the mold for me of a guy that could stand that test of time. And I I don't know. I'm all in on Chase Brown, but Tajay Spears, another one that, you know, we just talked about uh, on the show, I think, just last week uh, as a potential value, despite the fact that his ADP and dynasty continues to climb, especially with the departure of, you know, Derek Henry and questions about his long-term viability for health. He looked good. He, mm-hmm. he passed the eyeball test. He passed oh, yeah. the analytics test. Like there weren't many tests. He didn't pass this year. And of course, last but not least, I love me some Kendrick Miller. I was so disappointed this year. <laughs> To see that it, he just never really carved himself out a role. Started out the year, you know, banged up, which I think doesn't doesn't help you earn a role, right? If you're injured, especially in like training camp, it, it gets really hard to carve out a a projected role in your respective offense early on, and never came to fruition. But Kendra Miller, one of these guys coming out of TCU, that I mean. He he could do a little bit of everything. He was a, a, a touchdown machine. Like he has RB1 workhorse potential, and he's one of these few running backs. Like Chase Brown, I don't know that he's like workhorse material. Kendra Miller is work workhorse material for me. 
And I'll just mention Zamir White because that was another guy that Matt mentioned really quickly. 457 yards in his four starts. The only reason that I'm a little bit hesitant to call him the next Kyron is just because that Raiders offense might be really bad. Again, Matt and I were just talking <laughs> about pre-show, like who the offensive coordinator and stuff is going to be. I think one of the reasons who's why the quarterback. Kyron, yeah. who, well, that's another thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who is the quarterback going to be? Uh, but Kyron went into a team that was one of the best offenses in the league, and that led to a lot of red zone opportunities. I really like Zamir White. I don't really like this offense uh, that he's playing. Any final thoughts, Matt, here before we move on? A name I didn't mention on purpose that I used to have a crush on, but Tank Bigsby's rookie year was just yeah. too bad. I mean, it was just too bad. So if you could buy a – get him as like a throw-in on a deal, maybe he gets in there. And I guess my last nugget too, and this might apply to Miller. Sometimes it's hard to find these things out. But when guys don't get a chance to play at this position – Nine out of 10 times, they're either a fumbler, but more often than not, they have pass protection concerns. They just don't have the trust of the coaching staff in pass protection. So maybe Miller needed a year to get that down or, you know, so, someone we're not thinking of. So we've got two Steelers experts on this podcast. So that means, <laughs> of course, we have to talk about George Pickens and his dynasty value. We will do that next. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price picks is the most fun that I've ever had playing DFS because there's so many different players to choose from and so many different stat projections. It's absolutely phenomenal. Plus, Price picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second, that player is rebooted. A perfect example of that is Debo Samuel last week. Uh, against the Packers, got hurt in the first drive, never came back. That entry would be rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hi, I'm Marcus Mosier. And I'm Kate Maju. And we are the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are ecstatic to announce that we've been named a finalist for the best fantasy betting and gaming podcast at this year's Sports Podcast Award. But we need your help. Head on over to Linktree forward slash Locked On Dynasty to vote. And check out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, we've got a question here from at Mullet Maine. He wants to know, what is George Pickens' season outlook in 2024? Uh, we were talking before the show. Matt actually just traded for George Pickens. So Matt, why don't you go ahead and go first? Total coincidence. But yeah, two days ago, I traded Brian Robinson, who we didn't mention in the first segment, and a second that's going to be late. It's a late second 
for Pickens in a mid-third. And I did that in a heartbeat. I, I, I had oh, yeah. no hesitation there at all. I was shocked that was even offered. And I think it kind of reflects that people are down on Pickens. And I get that. I understand the Steelers are frustrating. Kate definitely gets that <laughs> from what I understand. So I could talk an hour on this subject. But in a nutshell, I'm buying Steelers at the moment, especially the passing game because there's going to be a coordinator change. I mean, to cut to the chase, the coordinator change is massive for me. Now, do they have a quarterback? I don't know the answer to that, but I guarantee life on their quarterbacks will be easier without Matt Canada. And over the, I had to double check this while you were doing a live read because I knew it's insanely low, but over the last two regular seasons combined, the Steelers have only thrown 25 touchdown passes. I mean, 25 over what? 34 games, you know, like it's going to go up and it's going to go to Pickens. It's going to go to Friermuth. And I can tell you the whole life and history of George Pickens. And I don't know that I trust him. There's certainly volatility there, but I also will tell you I'm a little jaded because I've watched every OTA, every mini camp practice and every training camp practice live that he's ever been a part of. And he's jaw dropping and you want him on your team <laughs> I mean, because there's a lot there. Kate? There is so much there. And yeah, it, from an every down perspective, the concerns that maybe he's not going to be an, an every down guy, obviously consistency has sort of been, I, I think the thing that fantasy managers are kind of lacking from George Pickens, the, to put it as Mike Tomlin does, uh, you know, to do routine things routinely, that's not mm-hmm. George Pickens game, which I think is what, concerns me now finish this year uh as the wide receiver 33 in fantasy points per game which is kind of a a jaw-dropping number especially considering the really successful season that he had like just generally from a a statistical standpoint it seems like it would have translated he had you know over 1100 receiving yards five touchdowns average 18.1 yards per reception you would think that that should translate to more fantasy production than it did but you know you look at the inconsistency of quarterback you look at the the problems at offensive coordinator obviously all of these things are they are not static these are Mm -hmm. you know evolving aspects of the pittsburgh steelers passing game do you have any concern though obviously george pickens very young he is 22 years old which i think you know we talk about maturity concerns for george pickens and i think we forget he is literally 22 years old despite the fact that he has been in the league two years he is still he is an infant. He is a, a very, very young kid. And I think he's still learning how to lose. He came from Georgia. Like I, I, this kid's learning how to lose in real time. And we're watching a 22 year old unfold in that way. Are there any concerns that the Steelers aren't going to have the patience to deal with these immaturity issues and they're going to like wipe hands? I know uh, there's been talk, you know, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, is there a chance they move one of these wide receivers in the offseason? And could that impact the fantasy value of George Pickens? So a lot there to unpack. And you you mentioned the inconsistencies. I just did a a stat recap for Steelers.com and just have these handy that 
Pickens, in four of his games, he had 125 receiving yards or more. Everyone remembers those games. But he had nine of them with 50 receiving yards or less. You know, I mean, the, the up and down nature is insane. So I don't think they have any plans to move on. And frankly, in terms of high maintenance receivers, these guys pale in comparison to Antonio Brown <laughs> and some of the others that have been here, but especially Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. This is a Tomlin specialty. Give me this super talented receiver around later than he should be. I'll manage him. I'll get him the game day and we'll figure it out from there. Pickens. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I think he's extremely competitive. He's used to winning. He's used to being the best. He gets to the campus at Georgia and everyone's like, you're the next AJ Green. And he looks like it. And then if you remember his last year there, he only ran like 30 or 40 routes because he had that knee injury. So he comes to the Steelers after hardly playing his senior, his last year at Georgia. They win the national title, of course, you know, no big deal. Then leads the league in go routes as a, 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 rookie with the Steelers. Matt Canada just runs him down the sideline over and over and over and over and over. He's just doing wind sprints out there, which is very easy to defend if you know it's coming time and time again. This year, his route tree started to develop more. You saw more in-breaking routes, hit him on a slant. He takes it to the house, you know, so it got better. But all I can think about is with a real coordinator with in-breaking routes, they're going to make him the feature receiver and Tomlin will manage him. So I've been buying a lot of George Pickens as mm. well this offseason. Um, my question for you, Matt, is if you are a George Pickens manager, what do you want them to do at the quarterback position? Because we saw with Mason Rudolph, he was really productive. Do you want Mason to be back as the guy? Do you want them to go out and sign a Russell Wilson? Like, what's the ideal scenario here? Well, the ideal scenario would be go get a Kirk Cousins or somebody like that. I don't think How that's realistic in their card. Is that, no, it's not. They still have extreme – no one's going to like hearing this, but they still have extreme faith in Kenny Pickett. So I believe what will happen, doesn't matter what we want, is there will be a new coordinator. Kenny and Trubisky will be gone. They're going to cut him and free that cap space up. They'll probably offer that exact same contract, which is a good backup money to Rudolph, who they like a lot and did really take steps. That wasn't fluky. If he doesn't take it, they'll give it to somebody like Brissett, you know, somebody that is a good player. I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan. And they will have a true competition starting a minicamp between Pickett and Rudolph or Brissett or somebody like that. And frankly, I expect Pickett to win it. And if it's a tie, it will go to Pickett. I mean, I can pretty much guarantee you that. Now, Pickett's, I mentioned they've thrown 25 touchdown passes in two years. Well, most of them are not even Pickett. You know I mean, like he's even worse. Than, of them, right? It's unbelievable, right? I still have faith that it will get better, but that's the concern. And that's why you can get them cheaper now, of course. Uh, Kate, really quickly, let's just go over his uh, ADP. Right now on Dynasty League Football, being drafted as wide receiver 25. Here are some of the names going ahead of him. You tell me if you're interested in Pickens over any of these guys. Drake London, wide receiver 24. Rashi Rice, wide receiver 23. Nico Collins, wide receiver 22. Tank Dell, wide receiver 21. And Zay Flowers, wide receiver 20. I'll take him over Zay Flowers. Is that the only one? Yes. Matt, what about you? It's a good neighborhood, but yeah, I think that's it. I would definitely take him over Flowers. I prefer Rice. I prefer Dell. Um, I, the London one is hard. Both guys, same draft class, similar. same age, similar styles even a little bit. Similar 
concerns on offense. We right, right. we don't know what we're gonna get there. That's, I, that's why they're I do being think that each other. as Matt said though, it's a good neighborhood. That feels like yeah, an appropriate range. Uh, all right, enough about the Steelers. Let's talk about my Dallas Cowboys and let's talk about Tony Pollard <laughs> and what his uh, t- uh, outlook looks like for the 2024 season. We will get to him next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Every day, we've got a busy show for you. We'll get you ready for championship weekend. We're going to continue to dive into some ADP on Thursday, looking at some tight ends. So make sure you tune in for that. But our final question uh, here is from at Mulletman. Again, another really good one. What is Tony Pollard's long-term outlook? Should you hold on to him or is he a sell right now? Kate, why don't you go first? I'm selling Tony Pollard faster than I can answer this question. (laughs) Now, obviously this season was not ideal for Tony Pollard. I'm not trying to be overreactionary because Marcus, we've talked a lot about Tony Pollard on this podcast this year. I'm going to be honest. I don't know that he's ever fully return to form following that lower leg injury. Obviously explosion is such a big element in his game and yes, bones break uh, obviously. And then they heal, but you know, I, I do think that there's a chance that maybe he lost some of a, a little bit of that juice, right? And attached to bones are muscles and muscles pretty, pretty big, important part of, of that explosive element in the, in the game. But My biggest concern with Tony Pollard doesn't necessarily stem from Tony Pollard. It stems from the entirety of the situation, right? Tony Pollard is coming off what could probably be described as the most disastrous year that he could have anticipated for himself in this circumstance. Looked a little bit better towards the end of the season, but that bad season is now coupled with one of the most competitive free agent markets that we could have imagined Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, even DeAndre Swift. Like this is a very competitive upcoming free agency class for the running back position. And maybe, you know, we see Tony Pollard relegated to a, you know, more of a complimentary role and maybe that's good for him. Maybe that is, uh, you know, what is better suited for his type of game. But I don't see any of these circumstances, you know, you know, getting him a big time contract that we're going to feel good about investing in, you know, his potential just from a a security standpoint. Matt. Well, let me ask you, Marcus, this is your team. I mean, they have Dak, Micah, CD, 
massive contract things looming. Every mock you see has him taking the tackle, it seems like, to replace Tyron Smith. You know, might he not even be back? So in terms of the to-do list, where's Pollard even fall on that list? You know, I mean, is is he going to be an afterthought? Like, I have some thoughts, but I, I my big concern is he's like Miles Sanders last year, where he flashes about that age, ends up in Carolina, never to be seen again on a contract too big for what he deserves, you know? They really like Tony Pollard. They really mm-hmm. like how much better he got as a pass protector. And that does matter to Mike McCarthy and Dak a lot. But you mentioned a list. Like, he might not even be on the list because of all yeah. the other contracts they have to worry about. They're over the cap as is right now. Um, and I, if I had to bet right now, my guess is that he leaves in free agency and they try to grab a veteran back. Maybe it's Derrick Henry. Maybe it's Austin Eckler to try to fill that role. But – Matt, I always just get really nervous about running backs at this age, you know, switching teams because the new team just isn't going to be as committed to giving them as many touches. This Cowboys team, I mean, I know he was not very successful in the red zone this year, but this has been the highest scoring offense in the league, like over the last three years. So is he going to go to another situation that gives him better and more opportunities? Probably not. Uh, He's being drafted as RB 16. I think that's, probably about right but i'm certainly not going out there and buying tony pollard right now looking at the advanced metrics sorry (laughs) looking at the advanced metrics like from nfl next gen stats you look at his average speed right lowest average speed as a running back in his entire career percentage of plays where he hit 15 plus miles per hour lowest percentage of plays where he has hit that uh, lowest average speed when he hits the line of scrimmage. I think all of these kind of, they're concerning in and of their own right, especially considering he's an aging running back who just got you know plenty of wear this year, even if it didn't amount to much. But I also look at that and I think, okay, so this explosive element to Tony Pollard's game, that's kind of been what's been so crucial. When he starts to lose that element of speed, like we saw this year, it didn't work out. And I, I think all of these, all of these things come to a head. It doesn't sound like any of us are in on trading for Tony Pollard, but is this the time to sell or do you wait until free agency starts? When's the time to sell Tony Pollard? So a couple thoughts here is he did finish the season rather strong, you know, so there's at least a good taste in the mouth of Pollard owners or, you know, at the, the end was better than the beginning. So people out there might believe, well, he just got over his injuries. He's back. We're, you know, there might be a, 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 a percentage of people out there be- that believe that. But he's just about to turn th- 27, which is the magic age for running backs. And he's not the biggest guy. He's never been a bell cow. And DeMarcus's point, which is the anti-stealer passing game point, he's almost assuredly going to go to a worse situation if he's not back. And if he is back... He's going to share with somebody more prominent than he did this past year. Like his situation this year couldn't have been better. It might have been the best situation that's besides McCaffrey in the league, give or take. So a big thing Ryan taught me in the dynasty world is pivoting. And it just so happens to work out great with this show is if I own Pollard, if I can turn him into Chase Brown, Zamir White, Spears, and pick up a pick in the process... People might think, wow, one guy's a starter and one guy isn't, but you'll be a lot happier down the stretch. I agree. I think that's a fantastic way to move Pollard, break him up into a couple other pieces mm-hmm. where if one of them hits, you're golden. And I think 
Chase Brown, who we talked about at length at the beginning of the show, uh, with X is a perfect way to kind of move off and pivot from Tony Pollard. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the channel on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. We also post some awesome shorts, so check them out. Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, go follow Matt on Twitter at Williamson NFL does fantastic work, not only in the fantasy and dynasty world, but also in the actual NFL uh, circles. Go check out Kate's work, pro football focus, Yahoo behind the steel curtain. Check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.